Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now a technical foul on Steve Kerr, and Kerr has to be restrained as he started toward Bill Spooner, who walks away in the other direction. Boy, Steve Kerr was hot. He had to be restrained, and he is still on the floor. He's going to get teed up again. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Kerr has just been thrown out, and he's not done. He is not one to leave the floor. He is barking over the shoulder of his assistant coaches in the direction of Bill Spooner. He is vigorously gesturing, first with the right hand, then with the left. And now he makes the turn and will head toward the tunnel. From underneath the basket below us to our left, Iguodala will be the trigger man. He's looking for someone, holding it a long time. Bounces it, layup, Curry, missed it, a teardrop, rebounded by Collison, who's fouled. Curry in a state of disbelief, could not believe that he missed the high teardrop off the window. And Collison got the rebound and was fouled. 2.5 to go in overtime. Inbound, straightaway launch for Green, no good, rebound, grabbed by Barnes, and the Sacramento Kings have defeated the Golden State Warriors. They have put an end to a 13-game losing streak at the hands of their NorCal rivals. Final score, 109-106. Draymond Green had a good look straightaway, but it caromed off the iron, was grabbed by the Kings, and Sacramento fans exult with a rare win against their NorCal rivals. Ah, you remember that? That was actually pretty memorable. One of the better moments of the regular season for the Sacramento Kings as the time the Kings beat the Golden State Warriors. Steve Kerr got ejected. Curry missed that layup. That seemed like point-blank gimme layup. And then the Kings ended up hanging on at Golden 1 Center, that first ever overtime game and win at Golden 1 Center for the Sacramento Kings. So that was before... But now it's Kings and Warriors for the final time. Coming up tonight, we will uh, preview that today on Locked on Kings. We also will look at the Friday mailbag. Plenty of stuff for us to discuss as we get you ready for the weekend ahead, really, for the Kings. Kings and Warriors, as we mentioned, Friday. And then Sunday, the Kings take on the Los Angeles Clippers. Great night of NCAA basketball. Steve Kerr might be a little salty. Arizona, his alma mater, lost their game and they given up the last, what, 9, 10 points in that game when it looked like they were going to move on. Great for him to be able to check out the game in San Jose, but he may take it out on the Sacramento Kings. Matt Barnes has something to say about that. You'll hear about that coming up as well. So plenty for us to get to. And again, we thank you for following us here on Audio Boom, on Stitcher, also on iTunes. Leave us ratings and comments and reviews there if you would do so. We'd greatly appreciate that. So let's get a quick uh, check in on really uh, the matchup. And it's, it's a different look for the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors naturally based on where both teams are right now. Because you got a Kings team that's really still trying to find its way, playing its young players, a Warrior team that's just trying to be as playoff-ready as possible. You think about where the Warriors are, 57-14. and 14. 
They've now won five in a row, and this was after maybe their their most difficult stretch before that where they had lost three in a row and five of seven, but now they're two clear of San Antonio, and this game with the Kings is critical for one reason only. They just can't have any missteps, and you know, the Kings are heavy underdogs. They're, you know, to me at this point, I explained it in the last couple of podcasts, sure, there's a desire to want the Kings to win, but it's about player development right now, giving opportunities for Scal and Buddy and uh, hopefully Malachi when he comes back and Willie and all the young guys, Papianis, that you just want to see them play against the best of the best, and that's what they're going to do Friday at Oracle. So why it's important for the Warriors, though, they've got to be focused. They've got to get this win on the Kings because – you look at their schedule coming up, and it's about a week's worth of really tough schedule, and then they can kind of cruise into the playoffs. Sunday, they're hosting Memphis, a team that's given them trouble, beating them twice this year. Tuesday, they go to Houston, another team that's beaten them this year. The very next night, oh, how ironic, another back-to-back for the Warriors in San Antonio. I'm already calling it. I may be foolish on this one, but I bet Steve Kerr rests his guys again in that one just to make another point to the league. Friday, then right back at home against that same Houston Rockets team and they finish it up Sunday at home against Washington. So that's their next week's schedule. There's some landmines there. They can't have the Kings be a a misstep. They're too clear of San Antonio. I don't think it matters if the Warriors were a two-seed. I think they could win the championship from there. It's just increase your odds. You want as much home court as possible, and you want to stay away from that two-seed because that means likely a second-round matchup with Houston. And why make it more difficult? Houston, San Antonio will be the toughest teams for them to beat be better for them if they only had to play one of them so I think they've got to focus on the Kings and see what they could do next week with that difficult schedule what I mentioned and you heard at the beginning highlights from the Kings win at home against the Warriors they haven't had much success at all against the Warriors and certainly at Oracle it's been ugly and now it's getting a a little bit personal let's hear now ex-King Matt Barnes talking about the matchup with Sacramento trying to kill him (laughs) plain and simple you know what I mean things didn't go well there they're the enemy now, so I'm trying to. We're trying to kill them. Beat them by 50. Yeah, how different is that team already? <laughs> a couple of months ago. You know, I've really been paying attention to them. You know, I still talk to a few guys, but as far as them being different, I'm not sure. So Barnes wants to kill him. I get it. Beat him by 50. That's fine. Um, Barnes didn't like the way it ended for him, and I don't entirely blame him. And if you look at the last time these two teams played, we heard the highlights of when the Kings won, but the last time they played the Warriors, was at Oracle, the final game for before the All-Star break. So what does that mean? Well, let's think about that, right? Last game ever for Matt Barnes as a Sacramento King. Last game ever for DeMarcus Cousins as a Sacramento King. And also on that night, sadly, that's when Malachi Richardson got hurt, and hopefully he'll be back soon, if not uh, the Friday night game. So a lot of things are different from that game. Also in that game, uh, Draymond got ejected. So there's a lot of different things that happened in the matchups this year, we heard the highlight already of Kerr getting ejected. And in the past, DeMarcus has been ejected. It's just been a crazy run. A little bit uh, of a, I don't even want to say rivalry, but there's some tensions. It's fun. I, I, I enjoy games like that that have a little bit more zip and a little bit more pop to them, especially this late in the year for the Kings. But if you're the Kings, go out and play. You're heavy underdogs and just see what happens. Put your best against their best. I mean, how valuable would it be for Scal to go minutes against Draymond Green? for Buddy Heald to have to guard Clay Thompson. All these things are important. All these things are part of development. And that's going to be critical as this team ultimately tries to get better. Well, you want to get to more great games the way the season is wrapping up. You still have time to because you can, courtesy of SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, 
easiest way to find tickets to the games that you want to see up close and in person. It's better being there, right? You'd love being the action, seeing the best NBA players out there. So there's nothing like being at the game for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get those guaranteed seats that you want for the great value that we all desire. So the SeatGeek app is the best way to do it, the easiest way to do it when you go shopping for tickets. You can literally be anywhere in just a few taps, and then the tickets that you want will be yours. With SeatGeek, you get the best deals, and they've already compared the prices for you and grade every ticket so you'll find the best deals that will fit inside your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy, here's what I love, is backed by the 100% guarantee. So you'll shop with confidence, and you'll end up at the game that you want. So best of all, all you diehards of the Kings and our Kings podcast here, I thank you for your support. You listeners will be a, get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. Here's what you do to get that $20 rebate on tickets. Download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and then click add a promo code. It's real easy to do. Enter LO Kings. That's LO Kings. SeatGeek will then send you $20 after you made that first ticket request. It's that easy. So download the SeatGeek app, enter promo code LO Kings, and you'll be at the game that you want. All right. Now, speaking of uh, what we enjoy doing and what we want, it's our questions from you guys. And thank you so much for the continued support here by sending me emails at jason.ross at cbsradio.com or on Twitter, feedback there as well, at Jason Ross 1140 And we've been getting steady steady questions for our Friday mailbag, so let's get to some of our questions. This one's a fresh one that I just got on Thursday afternoon on uh, the radio show on The Lowdown. A little plug for that as well that we're on each and every day, Damian, Ken, and myself. I had mentioned a uh, technical stat that it's it's like almost impossible now for the Kings to get any technicals. So here's the question coming in from Jerry. Jerry says, hey, I listen to you today on your show, and I listen every day and to the podcast. I heard you talking about technicals. Do you literally know the last time the Sacramento Kings got a technical? I'm sure it was DeMarcus Cousins, but when and how many games is the streak at? Thank you. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Jerry. Appreciate that coming in on the email. And that's an that's a immediate one that we're getting in here on our Locked on Kings Friday mailbag. So I did the numbers. I crunched it. I looked at it. Uh, the last time the Sacramento Kings got a technical, you're right partly that it was DeMarcus Cousins, but he had help. It was Matt Barnes as well, and that came on February 12th, and people will remember this game. It's not that long ago one, but ironically, it was against New Orleans, and in that game, that was the Buddy Heald, um very flagrant foul right on DeMarcus Cousins where he ran through the screen and basically ran through the lower portion of DeMarcus Cousins as well. So a very uncomfortable play, but DeMarcus got a technical in that game. So did Matt Barnes. So since then, the Kings played two more games pre-trade. That was the Lakers and the Warriors, the weird part of that Warrior game. You had three technicals. JaVale McGee got one, and Draymond Green got two. He got tossed out of the game, but the Kings did not get any. And they have not had one since. So it's 16 total games. The last technicals came on February 12th with Cousins and Barnes. And now if you look at the team leaders, the Kings leader in technicals is Coach Yeager with four. His last one came February 10th. Costa has three. His last one was January 15th. Darren Collison has one, his last and only one, December 9th. And Rudy Gay has one. His only one was November 18th. So, Jerry, thank you for listening, and thank you for the question. Yeah, a little surprising that it's been that long, certainly the longest run that uh, and it hasn't really what does it mean though I mean I guess if we go into that layer I've always said I was never too caught up in the amount of technicals DeMarcus had until it started to affect games and that meant missing games or getting two in a game where he was tossed out that bothered me more so than picking up one here or there now he's well over the limit and I think it's uh, he's due for one more if he gets one more 
he will get suspended for a game. I still think keep an eye on that because remember the Kings next week uh, will take on New Orleans in New Orleans. And, you know, personally, I'd like to see him play against the Kings, but there's a possibility that he gets a technical before that game and doesn't even play. So we'll keep our eye on that. But, Jerry, thank you for that question. Our next question comes from uh, the email as well. This one's from Robert. It's kind of a long uh, email, and I appreciate there's a lot going on here, but he's talking about all the young players. But I'm going to get to the last part because he's asking me something very specific about Yorgos Papianis. And here it is. This Okay, here it is from Robert. Robert saying, I have heard you talk about a lot of the other young players. What's your player comp, your player comparison with the rookie Yorgos Papianis? I'm not sure what to make of him, but I'm wondering if you see him compared to anyone else currently or past in the NBA. Thanks for your work. Keep it up. All right. Well, thank you, Robert, for that. Uh, I always like giving answers, but I don't know that I have one yet. And and if I could hold off, I'm going to keep watching him. I I don't know what Papianis is yet. I will say this. I've been slightly surprised lately, and and maybe I had way too low of a bar for Big Papa because when I saw him in Summer League, I didn't think he was very good at all. That's the honest truth. A couple of times in the Reno and D-League, and you see some of the numbers, I'm thinking, boy, I'm not going to give a full evaluation on him until you see him play more, and certainly in front of my own eyes, but the numbers weren't blowing me away. And now that I've seen him play a few games, getting more meaningful minutes, playing against better NBA talent, uh, I'm not totally sold on him yet, but I'm also, I don't know where to go with him. Um, I see a, a, a decent skill set but it's still way behind way behind a lot of everyday NBA players and that's okay I mean sometimes guys are more projects and need a little more seasoning he definitely needs that's gonna have to have a big summer I like his work ethic though I like a guy that's dropped weight getting in better NBA shape he doesn't have fantastic hands we've seen a couple games here recently where good setups from other guys and he hasn't been able to catch and and kind of clean those plays up but uh, I even go to the Milwaukee game from Wednesday night. I thought it was one of his rougher games. He had some looks inside, didn't shoot the ball particularly well. But inside that game, he had a fantastic move on Greg Monroe and dunked on him, just a like a violent, aggressive play. And the history of basketball shows us that GMs, coaches, personnel decision makers are infatuated with size. I know the league is changing a little bit, but if you can play and you've got some size, there is a spot for you. I like that he rebounds and rebounds pretty effectively. Want to see a little bit more room for growth in his athletic ability and use that. He runs the floor okay, um, but I, I again, long answer to not give you one. I don't have a player comp yet. I don't know who he is similar to, and I don't like that in general. I will do similar. I will do some comparisons, but I just like guys to become their own their own player. And I think it, we like to attach them to something that we know a known quantity, but I don't have it yet. So I, I know that's not answering your question, Robert, but I'm going to continue to look at it because I, I don't know who I will compare him to, and I want to do a thorough enough job on it and want to give him his own right to become his own guy too. So do appreciate the feedback and the comment as well. Another one here comes in from Nathan. Nathan says, just looking at Vlade's track record of recent years, it looks like he likes to add players with either championship pedigrees or at least playoff experience, and he keeps reciting character as a huge criteria for him so with that said I'm going to pick the three best teams in the league that have the best chance to win a championship and which guys off of those teams do you think the Kings might be able to land and the three teams I'm thinking of are the San Antonio Spurs the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors who do you think the Kings might target off those teams thanks 
All right, that's from Nathan. Thank you for that question. It's actually an interesting philosophy. So I looked up those three teams. Um, I'm going to stay away from trades because that I just can't predict. So now I'm going to target free agents. And I think you're, you're on you're onto something here. If you look at what Vlade's done, the veterans he has added have been, quote, character guys for the most part, right? Also guys that have come from, that have either been winners before or just need another opportunity to spread their wings in Sacramento. So let's start with San Antonio, the first team you mentioned, Nathan. And the Spurs, I see two free agents. Well, they have multiple, but the two that I think as potential targets, one out of either need or a want. And, you know, it's like New England in, in the NFL. If you see a guy do well with the Patriots under Bill Belichick, you believe, oh, if we take him into our system, he'll do well as well. Well, Popovich and that Spurs culture is a great culture. They find guys that a lot of people aren't interested in, and they make it work. So the two guys I've circled from San Antonio, one is Jonathan Simmons. He's been a wing guy that's kind of made his way through the D-League, and I don't know how great he is, but he looks good on that team, doesn't he? And he, Where's the need for the Kings? I don't know. Seems like a quality guy. Seems like a hungry guy and a guy that you might not have to back up the, uh, you know, the Brinks truck to pay him. The other one, though, you might. And the reason why I say that is, how do you get Patty Mills out of San Antonio? He's a good player. Tony Parker's days are going to be coming up soon uh, as far as when he's retired. But Patty Mills can play, and he's a guy that I think could play and fit in a lot of different spots. But you might have to pay him a lot. So those are the two I would target from San Antonio, Nathan. Uh, the Cavs were the next team you listed, and I agree. They're obviously one of the potential champs. The only Well, they've got a couple of free agents, but they have so many veterans and I don't know that this is a fit, but the only one I could kind of see was Kyle Korver. I know he's near the end. He can shoot. Everybody will take another shooter. But I feel like the Kings all of a sudden now have quite a few of those type of guys, that guys that still may be on the roster. We don't know what they're going to do with Aflalo, but I assume that Temple will be back. They got a decision to make on Ben, but you got Malachi. You got Buddy. Uh, you're maybe bringing in Bogdanovich. I, I just don't know that Korver makes the most sense. So Spurs, Patty Mills, and Jonathan Simmons, I'll, I'll say Korver but I don't really see it. And the last team you mentioned are the Warriors. And the Warriors have a couple of candidates too. They've got a lot of free agents. And whether you're looking at young guys that you hope could be something for you, like a James Michael McAdoo, like an Ian Clark, but Clark kind of fits into that same example that I gave with Kyle Korver. The one that I think would be an interesting target and where he is in his career, still a veteran, but can play, is really good off a bench, good guy, especially if the Warriors win another title. Maybe it doesn't even matter if they win another title. You might have to pay him, but how about Sean Livingston? Would that be someone that would interest you as a King? As Especially if the Kings use their two draft picks to draft a point guard, have someone like Sean Livingston as a veteran backup, quality guy, has been on a winner, knows how to what it takes to win a championship. I don't know. Those are kind of my candidates from your question, Nathan, and I think it's a good one. So thank you so much for reaching out. Well, we hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, The Kings, of course, play the Warriors, as we mentioned earlier, on Friday. They wrap around on Sunday and get uh, the Clippers. They're in the midst of this seven-game stretch against playoff teams. They've already played a couple. You get the Warriors. You get the Clippers Sunday in L.A. Come back Monday and host the Grizzlies, and then Wednesday, wrap up that stretch with the Jazz after already playing teams like uh, the Bucks earlier in the week and a few others, you know, OKC and San Antonio. So, difficult stretch for the Sacramento Kings, but they're all difficult now without their best players and these young guys just trying to grow and get better. So we'll see how the weekend goes. Thank you so much. Keep sending those email questions in for our Friday mailbag. And again, log on to Audio Boom and to Stitcher, different ways to find us, and certainly subscribe to iTunes, leave us ratings and reviews there if you would. 
and let everybody know that we're out there each and every day, Monday through Friday, here on Locked on Kings. Have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.